Welcome one, welcome all. This is the Discovering Masculinity podcast. I am your host, John Waltz, coming to you from beautiful Franklin, Tennessee, just south of the Music City, and uh, joining me for this episode, uh, first, uh, I believe, first international guest uh, I've had on the uh, on the podcast. So that's a that's a huge uh, a huge milestone. This man is a, a men's coach from uh, from Australia. Uh, he's a father of four, and uh, his purpose is to guide men to authenticity, direction, purpose, healthy masculinity, uh, and he speaks on the topics of family integrity and love. Uh, he is Mr. Matt. Halson, also known on Instagram as Father of the Tribe AU, and we're going to have all of his information and social links uh, down in the show notes. But uh, Matt, thank you so much for uh, uh, a for accepting this invitation, kind of out of the blue. I know uh, we both kind of have a, a mutual connection on uh, on Instagram, but uh, uh, one of our previous guests had uh, I had found your page through uh, through her, and uh, yeah, it's just it, it's an honor to have you on the show, and uh, I'm really excited to. Uh, to get uh, get some uh, perspective, um, I know Australia is kind of considered part of the Western world, so I'm just interested to get your perspective on on a few of these topics and issues today. Beautiful. Thanks for having me on, man. It's uh, my pleasure. All right. Well, you know, one of the things that uh, and uh, my my guests will all uh, attest to this. I kind of like to dive into things uh, with with both feet. So we uh, uh, it's the this is kind of the signature question of the show. And uh, I jump into it and every guest uh, gets this question or some form of this question uh, with every appearance. So, um, Matt, what does it mean to be a man in uh, the Western world? uh, in, uh, in today's, uh, day and age. For me personally, I believe that to be a man in today's age, it all starts with authenticity. So, and this is men and females, but let's just talk specifically about men. For men to be men, we need to know fundamentally who we are at our core, what things we value the most in life, and that we're men of integrity. So integrity is a key thing for me with being masculine. You know, we're very much brought up with that aspect and with that trait of like, you do what you say you're going to do. But there's a balance there as well because we often, men that I coach often find themselves out of alignment with their primary values and their integrity. So they'll their integrity can take over in other areas of their life. So for me to be, you want to be a man, Let's get all of that stuff and let's package it together and let's make sure that you're living a values-oriented life and that you're living with purpose, you're living with passion, and you're living intentionally. That's what I see as a man, as a good man, is that's what you're doing. You're providing in more areas than just financial for your family. You're providing love. You're providing security. You're providing a safe and growth-oriented environment for your family. And... A lot of the time, yeah, we, we still, you know, I don't prescribe to gender stereotypes in any way, but in my family life, I very much wear the brunt of the traditional masculine roles. And I'm okay with that. That is my that is my role. I accept that role. We have conversations about those roles. And that is how we move forward. So I think clear communication is another trait that lots of men need to embody. But yeah, being very clear on your life and your vision and being and moving in that direction for me is a fundamental thing for what makes a man a man. It's having a mission and knowing how to get there. Okay. Yeah. Very, very good. Very good. Um, you know, it, it's interesting that you had uh, brought up uh, integrity. Uh, that's actually something that uh, I was going to do kind of a, a solo podcast on here. But uh, since since you and I are talking about it, we'll kind of uh, jump off of uh, off of that uh, um I guess jump off of that uh, that thread there and what uh, you know in in your in your coaching and even in your day-to-day life and the men that you uh, that you interact with um what are some of the ways that you see uh men kind of um 
you know, living, living in integrity, both, both within integrity and both, both out of integrity. You know, what, what, what's the, uh, what are the two sides of that coin that you, uh, that you've seen in your everyday life and in your coaching practice? So I see this is where for me values come into it as well. So when we're men that are, that are really good at sitting in their integrity, being men of their words. So for me, let's, I'll start with my definition of integrity. My definition of integrity is not just doing what I say I'm going to do. It's my words, my thoughts, my actions, my feelings are all in alignment. That to me is integrity. That's holistic integrity. So to have that, you need to know what you value. You need to know what's important in your life. And then when your actions, your words, your feelings and everything are in alignment with those values, then you're a man of integrity. So the thing that I see people getting wrong is they think that, well, I said I'm going to do this, so now I have to do it, even if it's out of alignment with one of their other values. That's where I see that disconnect between their integrity and their true authentic integrity. So their true authentic integrity might say, don't go do this thing. You need to spend time at home with the family. But instead, they're like, yeah, but I said that I was going to do it, so now I have to go and do it. It's like we're, we're humans. We're allowed to make mistakes. We're allowed to change our priorities. And how much does it fundamentally matter if you let down this person that you're only going to deal with for a short period of time, but instead you're going to choose to let down your family instead. So to me, that's the, the different sort of layers to integrity. Um, and I have met quite a lot of guys that are really good at balancing all of that. There's some guys that just fundamentally understand that my values are my values and they're the thing that they're the things that drive my decisions and they drive my integrity. And that's when they start to make better decisions, which then, Cascades or compounds into making him into more of an integrated man or a man who's standing within his integrity even more. The men that don't have that clarity tend to think that if I just say I'm going to do this, then that makes me a man of integrity. You know, I say it once and then I live by that and I don't change my mind, period. It's like, well, you might be pigeonholing yourself a little bit there. So you should probably analyze that and just see that, like, just because you say you're going to do something and then you go and do it doesn't always mean you're a man of integrity because it could be an out of alignment decision. Then it's not an integrated decision because it might be sending your emotions all over the place. It might be making you feel bad about yourself. It might be making your family feel bad. Your thoughts might not be in alignment with it, but you're just sitting there going, well, I said I'm going to do it, so I'm going to, I have to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just because you say you're going to go, you know, have a have a beer with the boys, you know, and neglect your your family doesn't mean that you should necessarily, you know, that that you should do that. Um, even though you said you were you were going to, and I, I feel like too a part of a part of my struggles with with uh, in, in integrity and in the past and and sometimes sometimes here lately I'll I'll just be vulnerable with with you and with my audience too is that I've I feel like I can be one person in one area of my life and a, and one person in in another area of my life and that's one of the the big things that that's kind of tripped me up in the area of of, of integrity and just being like okay do do I really align with my values? And if I truly align and, and am living my values, then I wouldn't be this person over here and, and be, you know, somebody else that, so figure looking at, okay, which, which version of me that I'm acting out here is aligns more with, with who I want to be or, or who my, my value, what my values are, uh, is, is what I will, you know, need to, to lean towards and go towards. And, and, um, I want to just kind of get your opinion a little bit on it. I, I think sometimes at least coming from, from my perspective, when I have lived out of integrity, it's, it's come out of a, um, um, a desire for some type of comfort. Like I've, I've just been, had been going through, or there has been a stressor in my life. And so it's easier for me to, um, fall out of integrity and fall out of, you know, being living my values just because the result of being, being out of that might, uh, result in some type of short-term comfort. Do you, is that something that you've, uh, you've come across with your, uh, with your clients too, as far as living, living out of integrity and. Yes, absolutely. And even in my experience, so what you just described was my exact experience was I went to work. 
I chose work over my family because it was easier. It was more comfortable. I knew how to make decisions at work. I knew how to answer the questions at work. I knew how to fix the problems at work. And that's much easier than it is to fix problems within a relationship. It's easier to do work and do more jobs that I'm really good and proficient and efficient at than it is to sit down with my wife and have a really tough conversation around how she's feeling, how I'm feeling. Why are we so disconnected? You know, so when it comes to integrity, in in my experience with that, my ego jumped in and told me I was being a man of integrity because I was doing all the work. I was being the provider. I was doing all of this. But underneath that, I knew. I knew I was out of alignment. I knew that I wasn't prioritizing the important things in my life. I knew that I was shortcutting it and I was taking the easy option. And the moment I made the decision to stop that, that's when things started to change for me. And then I did become someone who was operating much more from a place of integrity. I still make mistakes. I still slip up. I still find myself out of alignment, but now I can correct it. And I don't get caught up in the whole, I said I was going to do it at that moment. So now I have to do it because I'm a man of integrity. It's like, well, I said it at the time, things have changed. Now it no longer serves me. So I'm not going to do it, but I'm going to be clear about that. And I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to step to the plate and I'm going to say, Hey, look, I know I, I committed to doing this thing, that commitment I can no longer meet. Um, here's what I could do as an alternative, or it could just be, I'm not going to do that because I've thought about it and I've realized that's out of alignment with who I am. I'm not going to step up and do that. And more men need to be more comfortable having those kinds of conversations and choosing the discomfort of putting up a boundary and saying, yeah, no, that's out of alignment. And often, especially with clients, that comes with bringing back to unique clarity on your values. What are the things you value above everything else? And for most guys that I know with families, family is just about the first thing out of their mouth every time. Mm -hmm. So when you then want to talk about integrity, you say, okay, well, how are you showing up for your family? And you could really drill into that. And uh, I was talking just the other day about who gets the best performance of you because guys will be like, yeah, but I prioritize my weekends. Yeah, I have a job. I have to go to my job. It's like, okay, but then what happens when you get home? well, I'm tired and I might be grumpy because I've had a bad day. It's like, is it just that or is it that you're giving the best of you to your work, to your job, to your employment? I understand it's an important part of life, but it's not the most important to you because you clearly laid out when you did your values, you did not say that my job was one of my values. You didn't say that. You said it was family, it was love, it was integrity, it was courage, it was adventure, it was security. You said it was these things. Your job's not ticking any of those boxes unless you've got a job as like an adventure scuba diver who loves people or something like that. Mm-hmm. Not many people have that. So it's like lay it out, then look at it. And you really need to be open to diving into yourself, looking into yourself and saying like, where am I actually out of alignment? And then that just having those values printed and stuck onto your fridge or onto your mirror in your bathroom and you walk past every day, it goes, my family's most important. So when I go to work, I'm not going to get caught up in all the politics. I'm not going to get myself, let myself be dragged into all the stuff that's going to drain my energy because I want to preserve that energy for where it's most important in my life when I get home. I want to come home and I don't want to be carrying all this baggage and be like, I'm just so overwhelmed. I've been in all these fights with people today or all these hard conversations and hard decisions. I get we still have to do that, but it's around how we protect our energy in those environments and become a little more disconnected from the emotional side of work, you know, because that, that connection is the connection we should be having with our family instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, maybe um, what would you, what would you say to, you know, men who you, you've given a lot of about the, uh, the family example, but what about um, men who are, who are single um, and maybe don't have uh, an intimate relationship at, at the moment, you know, what, um, what type of, um, you know, ways or, or things should, should men, uh, men be giving their, their best version of themselves or giving their, their best performance? What, what areas would you recommend uh, focus on that for, uh, you know, for single men? So I, I would argue the same, the same principles, find your values. You may, you may not have a family, you may not have a relationship, but that doesn't mean the family is not a primary value for you may still look at life and be like, one of the most important things to me is to settle down and have a family. That can still be a value before you have it. 
right? Adventure can be a value, even though you're not having adventures. You can still look at it and go, well, that is important to me and I'm missing it. So how do I fix that? I need to focus on it. So if you're a single man who's focused on having, who wants a family, wants to settle down, wants to have kids and wants to have this new experience in life, you need to focus on it. You need to not be spending, you know, 80 to 100 hours a week at work and not going out on weekends and spending all day playing video games or watching porn or eating junk food. It's like, if it's a priority to you and it's something that's important in your life, you need to give it attention. You need to focus on it. You need to be taking uh, directed action towards it if that's something that you actually want. You know, you don't get it if you never work towards it. Now pick something up if you don't first reach down and grab it. So other than that, if it's say, if there's a man who family's not a priority to him, he doesn't want to have a family, he's not interested in relationships right now, the next thing for me would be understanding yourself and understanding your patterns and behaviors. I believe, firmly believe that every man on the face of this planet could benefit from looking inwards at themselves and saying, all right, where am I showing up the best for me? Okay. Yeah. 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 And I would just extend, uh, you know, challenge to, uh, to my audience and, and our, our audience to just, you know, do, do an audit of, uh, of your life. Look at some of these areas like, you know, family, relational, uh, physical, spiritual, uh, even financial and just see, you know, am I living my values? Am I, um, am I living in integrity or, or is there something that's, that's causing me, uh, pain or some type of dissonance? And I've, I've, yeah, the the reason that I've had to that that I that I kind of latched onto that was just that's like I said I've I've had to have that conversation and kind of do that audit with myself here uh, very recently um, just because I, I knew there was some type there were some stressors that things that were going on in my in my life that I was like okay well I need to address this because if I am truly the man that I say that I am or that I want to be, then I need to clean up this area of life because this is where I'm, you know, have experienced some dissonance and this is where I'm, you know, experiencing some, uh, some stress of where I'm out of, out of integrity and not showing up and, and being a man of my word. So I, I think, uh, uh, I'm glad, uh, I'm glad that we brought that up and talked about that a little bit. Uh, uh that was, uh, um, I, I don't believe in coincidence. So I, I think that was kind of, uh, that, that was a good thing that a good gift that was given to us here today. But, uh, uh, another question kind of switching gears a little bit, kind of talking about, uh, the macro here with, um, um, you know, masculine, masculinity in the Western world right now what you know there's there's all these studies out there right now um and and a lot of um what's cited in in this space uh in the men's space is talking about you know uh, low testosterone uh, i think i've heard studies that like testosterone levels at least in north america are the lowest that they've that they've been since um in 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 a long time like a, a man has the average testosterone level uh, like a 20 year old man and the average has the average testosterone level of a 60 year old man 10 years ago or you know something along those lines so you know that's one thing that always comes comes into mind and and just the fact that there's a need and a call for for men like us to uh to call forth men to be to be masculine i think that's a kind of a a, a commentary or you know on the state of masculinity but um, you know what, what would you say you know is the overall state uh or status of masculinity in the west right now or even the world the world at large i would say the current state is there's a lot of men confused and lost and who don't know which direction to go so I see a lot of men defaulting to the first best option, whatever that looks like. Um, you know, when in the work we talk about, there's the primal and there's the divine. So primal tends to be guys that grew up like me, grew up, you know, quite aggressive in life. You know, we drank, we drink, oh, drink, drink, of course we do both. Um, we, you know, I was into boxing and jujitsu. I liked archery and shooting and motorbikes and stuff like that. Um, for all intents and purposes, quite an aggressive and primal uh, way of growing up. And then there's the other side of the picture, which is the guys that grow up without prominent father figures, without good um, male leadership in their life, and they tend to lean more towards the feminine. You know, they get raised to be more of a, a nice guy, be a good boy, um, you know, should be doing things to please others, that kind of thing. And you end up with almost these two polar sides of, of men. 
and they can then they can swap like they can invert at times depending on wounding and trauma and things like that but fundamentally it's like well i'm going to latch on to something and that's my ideal version of masculinity and then they stop looking because they just go this just makes sense at the time i'm going to stick with that and that's when i talked earlier about like the ego gets involved and can stop you from even looking any further and looking to say should i be doing this differently so yeah i think that the art of masculinities is a bit lost you know community is not what community used to be you know people aren't raised by villages people are raised by individuals people are raised by um you know couples are in dysfunctional relationships you know whether that's um mixed sex same sex whatever people are being raised by people that are hurting and when you're raised by people that are hurting you're bound to get hurt so when it comes down to learning about masculinity it, it's very much an individualized uh study in my eyes it's like you can't no one can tell me what it means for me to be a more masculine man yes there's fundamental things that people say are traditionally masculine but no one gets to tell me that you're not a man unless you do these 10 things. It's like, I'm a man. You don't get to decide that for me. I'm a man. Here's the things that I'm going to do to be a better man. Because again, that can be like the traditionals. Yes, I agree with them. And I, like I've already explained, I live a lot of those traditional values, but it's not for anyone to expect them from me. I give them because that's the way my relationships panned out. So yeah, for people that are lost between the two, it's it's really a journey inwards for true healthy masculinity. It's a journey inwards, not outwards. It's not how you look, it's how you are on the inside. So being grounded, being calm, being structured, having those things in place, like being comfortable, being uncomfortable, having hard conversations, um, but also being able to protect and defend other people. So not just yourself, not just your family, but other people on the street, you know, there's, there's a reason men are bigger, larger, stronger, more prone to aggression. There's, there's reasons for that. And, you know, the wise man looks at that and says, okay, what can I take from that? What lesson can I take from that? And how do I apply that in my situation? How does it, how do I make it work for me? Not everyone wants to do jujitsu. Okay, cool. What about kickboxing, boxing, wrestling, judo, something? You know, something that's going to help you be in a position to be better prepared for life. And again, ma masculine, feminine, I don't really care whether you're more of a primal or a divine background. You can learn. You can learn and you can be better. And it's very much what suits you, what's, what, what works for you. Finding a way for whatever those traditional things are and make those traditional things work for you in some way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's that's a really good... Uh really good thing to kind of kind of jump off on is is you'd mentioned the ego uh earlier that we just kind of stop looking once we find something that is you, you know where we we find a typical source of masculine or a source of masculinity that we identify with and kind of latch onto it and we stop uh, we stop looking and trying to, to emulate that and i've i've noticed that too just in in my own um in my in my own life is that uh there were for me anyway it's it's come it come across it's come across through you know some some fictional characters that i've that i've come across in in, in uh, not even literature but just like pop culture like you know i i always i was a huge fan of uh the batman character growing up and and it was it's actually funny that that came up because we just very recently the voice of batman in the animated series when i was a kid you know growing up and uh the the voice actor uh who portrayed batman in that series uh, he very recently passed away um la last week actually i think it was about a week ago friday that i that he passed away but uh um and then yeah for, for me personally and, and it's this will sound really funny but like when I was younger and, and a teenager, I, I really gravitated towards Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know, especially like when I was a junior in high school, because his character was going through a different uh, was going through a different arc there on 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 the, the storyline. He had just come back from he had just come back from injury. And, and this only makes sense in the context of pro wrestling, because like he 
he was legitimately injured, but the storyline was, was like someone, someone ran him over with a car right before pay-per-view. And so he was coming back and he was, by God, he was going to find that SOB that ran him over. And, you know, they, they changed his, his entrance music. So it was a little bit heavier. It was a, a song by disturbed for while well, he was coming in. And, you know, when I was seven, 17 year old kid trying to be macho on the football team, like, you know, I, I just immediately, like my eyes got like that and just, you know, kind of gravitated towards that. And, didn't really do a lot more looking and exploring in, in, in that, uh, in that way. And I would do, I, you know, another thing that I would, one thing that I like to do or, or that I try to do is give the audience homework, like, look, look for the, like you're saying, look for those, those traditional values and even some, some more of those traditional figures to, uh, uh, to look to. And, and um, so I, my question kind of jumping off on, on that is, you know, who, who are some, um, not necessarily fictional characters, although they can be, but who are some some figures that you look to that kind of embody those uh, traditional masculine values and uh, just you know uh, some some role models of your of yours and when it comes to uh, the masculine journey. That's a really interesting question. Uh, I'm not going to say that there's any like traditional ones. Yeah, I mean, I grew up much the same, like watching sports and stuff you know i looked to for me it was boxing you know i looked to like mike tyson and ali and all those kinds of guys and you know just really impressed with where they were at and i was like well they're like the pinnacle of the masculine experience or of men but then the older i got the more i learned about the dysfunction that sits behind all of that it's like well there's got to be more than that so what's next and i would say that there's a lot of you know you want to talk more healthy grounded sacrificial masculine man um one of the my favorite examples from like a movie would be um i can't remember the name of the actor um but it's in name of the movie I just had a mind blank um it's the one where they've got to be quiet a quiet place so mm, okay. the, the dad in a quiet place i look at him and i go well there is a man who 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 put himself in a position of leadership, who did exactly what he had to do for his family. Um, he made a lot of sacrifices and he made everything work, but he gave them the best that he could. So he was a man who was trying to be better, trying to do the best that he could. But the key component was the trying. So to me, I look at him and say, well, there is a good man because he's actively trying. He's not just of a belief that he's the greatest or that he's the best. He's like, I'm doing what I can and I'm going to continue to do the best I can. And sometimes that means that I'm going to have to sacrifice things to do that. So yeah, as far as masculinity goes, I've got a lot of respect for that character. Outside of that, um, man, it's just, for me, it's reading, like picking, picking the brains of men that have got differing opinions on what it means to be masculine you know like john eldridge um Trevor Boehm, um jack donovan you know those those three are quite different in their approach you know jack donovan's very much on the primal aspect of what it means to be a man like here are some very traditional core values on being in the strength of man john eldridge is very much more like the awaken the heart so i i look at that as a bit more on like the feminine side the spiritual side the the depth of man that has dreams and vision, you know, which is the chaos. That's the feminine side of men. You know, there's the yin and the yang. We've got both. And then there's Traver that sits in the middle and Traver is very much about both, but it's like bridging the gap and bringing balance to both. So those guys, like, oh, you can take no end of knowledge from men like that, but it's always about how all of it ties into you. So it's always bring it back to the self. Don't just read one book and be like, oh, there it is. There's the answer. It's like, Trust that that's part of the answer. There's something in that if it resonates with you that you need and you're going to take that, but don't stop looking because there's always more. And you might miss something else that's going to take you to that next level. It's going to make you a better husband, a better man, a better provider, et cetera. So. Yeah, yeah. And um, I, I was honored to have uh, John Eldridge on the uh, on the podcast a few years ago. Um, and I'll put a link to that episode in, uh, in the show notes, but yeah, that was a, a really great conversation with him. And, and it was actually, um, 
I uh, was able to go to, it was right before COVID kind of shut everything down here in the United States. He had a, a, a men's retreat in Colorado. I was, I was able to, uh, to go to and experience that. So yeah, I, I always, I, I bring up Brajan and, and his work a lot on, uh, on the show. He was actually one of the inspirations to even uh, start this program and, and start my own platform. And, and it's just grown from there, but yeah, there's, um, and there's, there's just, so many great um, creators and, and platforms out there now that are that are really espousing some of these traditional masculine values, and I've I've had a lot of them um, on on the program. I've I've been been honored to have them, like uh, men like uh, Jonathan Rios with Primal Virtues, um, uh, Renaissance of Men, uh, um, Wisdom of Kings, Ryan King. He's he's been he was a really great interview as well. So I, I think it's. Uh, yeah, there, there's a wealth of information out there, uh, and there's a wealth of, of, of great people out there to uh, uh, to rely on. So uh, with that, uh, Matt, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break here. This is the Discovering Masculinity podcast. I am your host, John Waltz. Uh, hang with me here through the break, and we'll uh, be right back on the other side with some more topics uh, with uh, Matt Halson, who is, uh, you can find him on Instagram at uh, Father of the Tribe AU, and uh, we'll talk to him a little bit more about his own platform here coming Guys, I want to tell you about a very special company that I am honored to be a brand ambassador for, and that is 3nailsclothing.com. Now, 3nails Clothing, uh, it is premium active wear created for athletes who represent the kingdom of God in a modern minimalist fashion. That comes straight from their website. Now, a portion of profits from every sale go to Agape International Missions, which helps uh, victims of human trafficking. So really great cause, really great company, and really great activewear. If you know anything about me, I love to uh, to work out. I love to uh, to be active, especially go out on the golf course. And this company has some great activewear for, uh, for you or your loved one who works out. Shorts, joggers, hoodies. Uh, I personally have their, uh, their zip uh, hoodie, and uh, it's very warm, very durable, very flexible, uh, really great item of activewear that I've picked up. I've worn that here uh, a lot over the last few days as we've had a recent cold snap in Nashville, but uh, socks, hats, uh, bracelets, men and women's uh, attire uh, for activewear. Again, go to 3nailsclothing.com and how you can help me and help benefit this show uh, as part of the Brand Ambassador Program, you can use my promo code DISCOVERING at checkout. That's D-I-S-C-O-V-E-R-I-N-G. Promo code DISCOVERING at checkout for 10% off your order. Again, go to 3nailsclothing.com. That's all spelled out, T-H-R-E-E-N-A-I-L-S, clothing.com. For uh, your activewear order from 3Nails Clothing, use promo code DISCOVERING at checkout for 10% off your order. Again, great place uh, to to get activewear. Again, these guys have a a real purpose behind uh, what they're doing and what they're selling. This would be a great way to uh, kickstart your New Year's resolution or even get uh, some activewear together for the loved one in your life who who is active, loves to exercise and work out. That's 3NailsClothing.com. Promo code discovering for uh, 10% off your order. Three Nails Clothing, activewear built for purpose. Welcome back. This is the Discovering Masculinity podcast. I am your host, John Waltz, coming to you from Franklin, Tennessee, just south of the Music City. And joining me from 
uh, the one, the beautiful country continent of uh, Australia is uh, Matt Halson of uh, Father of the Tribe. And um, Matt, while we were talking a little bit during the break, uh, we were actually talking about you know what what it means to uh, uh, to have. Um, empower over your emotions or even just talking about being being connected a little bit more towards your 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 emotional state so i I just kind of want to take a a couple steps back and uh kind of revisit that conversation um i i had posted in fact i've I've got my phone here handy i'm going to pull up my for those of you that follow me on instagram probably saw this uh saw this post that i made here just a a few uh, a few days ago but um um, I, I post a, a few things on when I do have thoughts coming up uh, in my mind. I like to do the classic screenshot of the uh, Apple Notes. So um, one, one of the things that um, um, I, I, I talked about is um, there there's a big difference between being in touch with your emotions and uh, letting them control you. And I feel like my, my position is, is that the, the, the common phrase is that uh, you should, should be in touch with your emotions and, and that you should and be in touch with your feelings. And that, that's kind of a, a common message from, uh, from the mainstream here today. And I think a lot of times people view that as, oh, well, you know, uh, not only you know, knowing what your emotions are, but letting them control you and letting them dictate your, your course of action. And I think, you know, being, being, knowing, knowing your emotional state and knowing how you emotionally react to different situations and being able, like you were saying earlier during the break, being able to process those is a very valuable tool. I think that's something that, uh, that every, everybody should learn man, man or woman, but, uh, I want to, um, kind of get your thoughts again on, you know, what, what does that mean? What to you, what's the difference between someone who's being controlled by their emotions and someone who can actually, you know, who, who's actually in touch with them and can actually process them properly. So for me, someone who's in control of their emotions is someone who understands the benefit in processing them and allowing them to exist. So that to me looks like you get upset or angered by something and you have enough self-awareness to go, okay, this is messing me up. What do I need to do here to relieve myself of this? Rather than just shutting it down and saying, nah, I don't have time for that. I don't have time to be sad. You know, I, I'm just angry. Like, don't worry about it. Shove it down. Like, it's just going to make things worse. It's no, I actually need to take 10, 20 minutes. I'm going to go and understand this a little bit better. I'm going to sink into it and go, why am I actually upset by this? What is upsetting me? What is making me angry? What's making me really get fired up and seek to understand it and then work through it. So process that emotions. Like maybe it's completely valid that I'm very, very angry about something or that I'm upset about something. Maybe there's something that I've ignored, you know, and then now it's coming back in a different way over something that's completely irrelevant. That's when your emotions control you. And those are the people that they choose to ignore them or they push them down, they suppress them. Then they're being controlled by it because we all know someone blows up at you about something. It's like, well, the odds are they're not really that mad about you doing that thing. They're mad about something else that they have left unresolved in the past. So to be in control is to resolve. And to resolve emotions means you have to be able to understand them and you have to be able to work through them. You know, maybe you need to go and hit a boxing bag for a while, punch your pillow. Maybe you need to scream your head off. Maybe you need to go and somewhere quiet, put on some soft music or something and ball your eyes out. Maybe you're grieving for a great loss. Allow that to happen and work through it. You know, it's okay to have heartbreak. It's it's not forever. It's not permanent. Yes, we can have voids in us that are going to stay there forever, but the heartbreak can settle, but you need to allow it to happen. So the more we suppress it, the more it's going to control other areas of our life because we're actively going to choose to avoid certain situations, avoid certain conversations that may bring up that particular emotion because we don't want to deal with it. So we're not going to go to that event. We're not going to go see that friend. We're not going to have that hard conversation because we worry that it's going to bring up something else. So that is when you're being controlled by your emotions. Yeah. Yeah. And like you were saying earlier, it, 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 uh, when someone suppresses that emotion, that, that negative emotion, that, that anger or sadness and, um, it, it usually when you suppress it, it usually, by the time when it resurfaces, it, it's usually, 
uh, exponentially worse, you know, to, to use a mathematical term, it's usually exponentially worse or comes back in in spades rather than, um, you know, than, than what it would then being to the degree that degree that it would be that had you originally processed it when it was, uh, when it was going on. I I've noticed that I've noticed that a lot, uh, especially as, as much as I hate to admit it, like being on the golf course here the last couple of years, um, there's a lot of, stuff from my past in in junior golf that kind of came back to the surface when uh certain things would would happen on on the golf course and so that's something that i've had to work through personally and that's just another another way of of you know uh of how i let my emotional state control me like i was you know i i used to used to be like a club thrower and and i would you know cuss and and you know even and so it was just like I I hadn't really effectively dealt with some of the things that that had gone on to me during my to my junior golf career, and then I want to even being out here now, like I'm a 40 year old man, and I, I you know I I still play competitively, but it's not like I'm playing on the PGA Tour, and I'm not playing for huge amounts of money every weekend, so it's not like you know the the reaction to the reaction is not commensurate with what's what's on the line there, and but and the the times that i've suppressed that is it's usually just come back come back in spades rather than just you know uh taking taking that and, and processing it and and um so that that was a really good uh really good topic that we were we were talking about there a little bit and one of the other um topics that i do want to talk about um is just kind of um a sense of of community or brotherhood and just kind of how that's lacking in in today's culture um I, uh, I'm part of a, an online, uh, group, uh, men's group that meets once a week. And, and we, uh, we have the, uh, the term that we call it, uh, just being a lone wolf, like just dealing with your own problems on your own. And, and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in the situation right now where I'm single and I don't have anybody depending on me for, for my, in, you know, for, for taking care of or anything. I'm, I'm not in any type of relationship as far as, as far as that goes. So I, I, it's really easy for me to isolate and go and go into that lone wolf mode. And so I, I just want to, um, talk a little bit about, you know, what, what your experiences have been with like, like that. And if you, you know, you're, when you have a client or someone that, that you're working with, uh, that, that is doing all that, that's, uh, that's isolating themselves. What, um, what are some of the best ways that they can kind of get out of that? And, and, um, um, you know, what's the best way to even just kind of recognize that in, in your own life, like that you're, that you're being a lone wolf. Yeah, that's a tough one um, because a lot of a lot of the guys that fall into that lone wolf trap fall into the you know I can just I can grind my way through this I can work my way through this and again that's the ego saying I don't need help I don't need this you know I've got this I'm good I'm great I'm fine I'll get through it things will get better later and men that have done a lot of work on themselves know that no it won't it's not gonna it's odds are it's not gonna play out the way you want. It'll play out some degree the way you want, but it won't be as holistic as what you would like it to be. Um, so yeah, for guys to kick the lone wolf is to know that there are many, many men in this world going through the exact same thing as you, the exact same. And I didn't believe it. And I fell into this exact same trap for a long time where I was just trying to grind my way through it. I was trying to work out what it means to be a good man. I was trying to carve my own path and do all this. And I was doing it all alone. And my growth was was about that much. Like it was very small. It was very slow. It was very difficult to know whether I was making good decisions or bad decisions until sometime later when, you know, oh, now we're having a fight about this thing that I said maybe that wasn't the best decision, but I don't know how to change from that. Like what's the options for pivoting there. And the, when I joined a men's group, I, I delayed that for 12 months. Once I found a men's group that was in line with where I wanted to go, but it scared the crap out of me to even consider jumping in there because it's hard to be like, I'm going to jump in there and share all my stuff that I've spent such a long time suppressing and keeping to myself with a bunch of men. That's vulnerability. That's being vulnerable. And being vulnerable means that I'm open to getting hurt and I don't want to get hurt. So maybe I just won't do it. But finally, after a long time, I was like, I need something. I need support. I need someone that can help me 
take this next step because I've gotten to a point and I know that there's more, but I can't do it alone. And I just fundamentally at my core, I knew it's like, I need men that can help me. I can only get so far. You know, the best athletes in the world still have coaches. The best coaches in the world probably have coaches, you know? So it's like, you think about it from that, right? It's like, what do they actually need? They need someone who can support them. That person doesn't have to be better at it than, at it than them. They just need to know where they're going and have some extra tools that they can hand them and say, here, take your pick. Here's a bunch of tools. Here's a bunch of options. You take it and then you go and use it. And then you can get the rewards from that. So once I joined a men's group um, online, it was very much a right. I'm just going to give myself a month, but if I'm going to do it, I'm going to go all in. And I just came in and in my typical fashion, I just went, once I committed to something, I'm like, I'm just going to go all in. I'm going to go in hard. So I came in all guns blazing and was still apprehensive about it, thinking that people mm-hmm. were going to judge me, people were going to attack me and you know, it was going to be a waste of time, but I did it and none of that happened. I was met with complete support. I was met with a whole bunch of guys that had exact, like almost the exact same experience from different walks of life, from different countries across the world. Mm -hmm. And it made me realize like, wow, all this time I've been thinking that I'm a lone wolf and I'm really not. It's like, there's so many of us doing it. We're just in different areas, but we're all experiencing the same thing. And then you speak to them and they've all done different things. And then they start to offer advice of like, hey, try this. Like, hey, man, I hear you. I see you. I've been through similar. Like, I'm here if you just want to talk and vent about it. And having that support is invaluable. It really is invaluable knowing that you're just not going to be judged. Like a lot of guys, one of the first things I ask clients when they work with me is like, okay, do you have a supportive group of men? I'm not talking your buddies that you go drinking with and talk about women and sports with. Like, do you have a, a, a group or a guy that you can go to that you can be open and genuine with and be mm-hmm. really authentic and be really vulnerable with and know that they can hold space and not judge you? Because if you don't, you should and you need to have it because until you can know that people aren't going to judge you and you're going to be supported, it's it's difficult for men to open up because we're going to live in this perpetual fear that we're going to be hurt. We're going to be attacked. So there, yeah, that was a an amazing, an amazing experience for me. As soon as I jumped in, it was just, whoa, this is a completely different outcome to what I was expecting. Yeah. And I was told exactly what it was going to be. And it was everything of that and some, but mm-hmm. I still was apprehensive about it. I was like, nah, it's not going to be what they're saying. It can't be. There's no, there's no number of men in the world like that, that are going to just be supportive and trusting and they're not going to judge me. And then I found it and I was like, whoa what is this and where's it been for all of my life like why did i not have this when i was growing up you know why didn't they why don't schools teach you all of this stuff why don't dads get together and talk about this kind of stuff and it's once you've had it once you've been exposed to it it's difficult to take step take steps backwards from it because you know it's it's different you know you you get to experience more and then therefore you expect more you expect more from yourself and you expect more from the relationships that you're engaged in. And that can be a challenge in its own right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And having been, you know, part of a, a men's group here just very recently this year, just having joined it has, has been exactly, it's exactly what you, what you said. It, it, it's just a place to, to be vulnerable. And, and it's just amazing how, how we've all, we all have very similar experiences and, and it's just, but we just come from a different perspective and different, uh, different walks of life. And, you know, some, some men who are really strong in, in some areas that they can jump in and you can, they can, they can be helpful and useful, useful to you to help you grow in that area that they're strong in. They might have a part of their life where they're not necessarily the strongest in and they can, and they can lean on you and you can give them energy to, uh, to grow in that area as well. So I, I'm, you know, another, another challenge to, uh, to the audience too, if you're not part of a, part of a men's group, or if you don't have a brotherhood of guys around you, just, you know, start searching for that and seeking it out. And there's, there's plenty of, uh, plenty of groups all over the world that, uh, that do things like that as, as well. So I, I would just encourage, encourage people to, uh, to seek that out. And I, I've been very, uh, fortunate that I, I did have some, some men like that in my life before I joined the men's group. So it just made, made my growth all that, uh, all that, be- that much, uh, better. But, um, um, 
I do want to uh, kind of switch gears here a little bit um, and get your opinion and your experience with uh, uh, online movements that are kind of on the other side of the uh, the coin for of the men's movement, like groups like um, you know they call it the the red pill movement or or MGTOW groups like that, and just kind of get uh, get your take and and uh, even guys like um, even guys like Andrew Tate, you know, I mean he's gotten a lot of a lot of pub here, you know, in the last six months or so, and and actually I, I had never known who he was until this year or so i it um but just kind of want and he shows up on my youtube and instagram feed a lot just you know from from stuff that he's he said so i just kind of want to give you some space and just you know give your uh give your take on uh, on these movements and, and personalities and and kind of go from there on that Ooh, all right into the fiery stuff yeah <laughs> um i i actually quite enjoy talking about the red pill the whole red pill movement um i'm certainly no expert in it i've never been a part of a red pill men's group or anything like that um that being said i dipped my toes in it years ago and i quickly found out the hard way that being a victim doesn't get you anywhere and what I see in that red pill, the whole red pill movement is a lot of men with a misunderstanding of their mentality. They think they're very alpha. It's, you know, they're the successful guys there. They tend to be pretty ego driven. And I'm just talking supremely general here. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're also very much victims. You know, a lot of them lean on tendencies towards hating women. And, you know, or all women are all women are born to be cheaters or they're just with you until the next pay packet comes along and all this stuff. And it's like, man, who hurt you? And why are you hanging on to it still? Like not every female is built the same. Yes, there are some bad females in the world. Yes, there are some bad men in the world. There's bad people everywhere. But it doesn't mean yeah. you have to be one. So I look at it and... Yeah, I mean, I got stuck into that. I got sucked into it for a little while. And Andrew Tate was around then. And this is, well, this would be back in 2015, 2016 mm-hmm. um, when we had our second child. And yeah, I was, it, it made sense because I didn't understand myself enough. It made sense that it was like, yeah, all these things are happening to me. Like, yes, my wife is being disrespectful. Yes, I'm doing all the hard work and I'm providing everything and I'm still not getting the things out of the relationship that I want. And ultimately who can change that? Me. Mm-hmm. And it took ownership of myself and ownership of my, my shit to be able to work through that and realize that I'm the creator of my life and I always have been. And the only way for me to change my life is if I can change myself, but it needs to be on my terms the red pill side is if your life or your relationship's not where you want it to be, leave and, you know, go and chase the money or go and chase this, go and get another woman. And yeah. Spending plates. Mindful. That's, that's one of the phrases that they use. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I, I'm cautious of it. And, but only because I dip my toes in it, I have a, a at least a basic understanding and the work I've done since has completely transformed my life. You know, it's, I am crushing my life so much more now than I ever was when I was dabbling in in their crap, in their victim mentality. It's like, you know, don't worry about women, go and do this. It's like, no, I want both. So I'm going to chase both and I can, I can have both. And mm-hmm. yes, there's compromise and yes, there's uncomfortable conversations. And a lot of those guys aren't prepared to have those conversations. They'll just, they'll at the blink of, oh, you, you don't want to have sex with me. Okay, I'm out. It's like, so you're telling me your entire relationship is built on a foundation of sex. That's all your relationship means is just the sex. If that's the case, you shouldn't be in that relationship anyway. But yeah. I I do not believe that that is the case. I think it's just easier to have an excuse and to push the blame somewhere else and say, you're the reason this isn't working. I don't want to work on myself. So I'm out, you know, or, or you're just yeah. going to cheat on me anyway. So that gives me the justification to cheat on you. So yeah, the the red pill movements, uh, it's dangerous. It's masquerading as growth and as achievement and all these things, but it's like, man, it's it's pretty nasty. And there's a lot of guys that they just want to cut everyone down. 
Mm-hmm. Everyone that disagrees with them, they'll cut down. Like this will get posted, no doubt it'll trigger the hell out of a few of them. And, you know, there'll be some hate comments coming through. And I don't care because I don't care about their opinions because they're living, they're, they're putting a rock over their head and they're saying, I'm just going to live over here. Nothing you say matters. It's like, well, cool. Then don't just ignore me. I don't care. I'm yeah. just exactly the same as I'm going to ignore you because we don't have to align. We don't always have to align with other groups, but mm-hmm. I've yeah. on the topic of men's groups and the red pill movement, I've seen, I joined a men's group recently online. It was a dad support group mm-hmm. and it's blown my mind at how other men will treat other men. Like this is a dad support group and all these men are in there and they're just throwing truths at people you know and they're using that as an excuse to be like i'm gonna demean you i'm gonna degrade you i'm gonna say what i want about you i'm gonna abuse you um you know i'm gonna call you all these names that are just undeserved like here's a man asking for help and you're using sarcasm you're attacking him and all you're saying is yeah but it's the truth it's like it's the truth for who it's only the truth for you it's not the truth in their experience so You're saying like, oh, she's cheating. That's just true. It's like, no, no, it's not. You don't know that. So why are you giving this person advice and you're cutting them down saying that, oh, like you're such a low level man that your wife is bound to be cheating on you. And I just know this. It's like, it's ego, it's victim, it's it's all these things. And yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the Andrew Tates of the world, uh, he's, a, he's a really interesting cat not necessarily in a good way. He's got some good idea, like good theories on mindset, on values and stuff. But Mm -hmm. man, the way he's been portrayed in social media, whether it was his own design or not, is really, really bad. Yeah, It's really, really bad for young men. It's really, really bad for fathers that are trying to show up in a grounded masculine way because their sons are seeing this and they're just going, this dude's got it all. He doesn't care. He's crushing it. He's successful. He, he, he what colors your Bugatti? Like, yeah, I remember right. that quote from him. It's like, what colors your Bugatti? It's like, well, I don't need a Bugatti to be happy. You might, but I yeah. don't. Yeah. Right. Success is, is a measurable thing. But the, the way I've had a conversation with a bunch of people is like, what is it you respect about Andrew Tate? And they'll ramble off all these things. I'm like, okay, would you still listen to him if he had zero dollars to his name? If he didn't have a Bugatti, if he didn't have a business? Would you care or would he just be another screaming name on the internet? It's like he uses his success and his money to leverage everything else. And that's what gets the belief. You take the money away and a lot of guys will be sitting there and, oh, I don't want to listen to him. Like he's not a marker of success. Like he just sounds like he hates women and, you know, he's a misogynist and he's uh, an alpha. So you remove one of the things and it's, it changes everything. Yeah. Yeah. It does. Yeah. And, and I think with, with, uh, red pill guys and, and, um, that was a really great way that you put it. It's, it's, uh, a movement that's kind of masquerading as, as a growth. Cause a lot of what, you know, some of these guys that are in this movement that, uh, they'll, they'll espouse is talking about becoming the best version of yourself. And yeah, there's, there's a place, there's a, there's a time and a place for that, you know, as far as physical and, and, and mental and even financial, just getting, you know, the, to use a term, just like getting your shit together. I think there's, you know, that part is, is universal between, you know, the, the more, you know, movements like ours that are more, tradi- you know, I guess I would say the traditional men's movement or, or trying to get back to, um, you know, more, more masculine rather than, and then the, the red pill movement, you know, becoming the, the best version of yourself. But I, I started this podcast too, as just kind of a, a counter to, to that, that red pill and these, these MGTOW guys, just because I, like you several years ago, um, 2016, 20, 2017, I started discovering some of the, uh, that content and dipping my toes into it a little bit. And, you know, I was kind of in a hurt place myself, uh, mentally. And so it, it kind of, a lot of that stuff kind of made sense a little bit too. And, and, you know, that, that's the, the devious part of is, is that it, you know, it, it makes a little, it makes a little bit of sense coming from when that, that victim mentality is. And, um, so I, I just, I, I like to think that I, that I kind of grew out of it a little bit and just wanted to start like, this isn't, I'm a, I'm a Christian man. And so, you know, I, I'm, I come, come at my worldview from a, from a faith perspective, or at least I tried to, you know, getting back into that integrity topic we were talking about a little bit earlier. I'm trying to, to move my actions more towards my value as, as I grow as a, as a man. And, 
my values are like, you know, spinning. God doesn't call me to spin plates. God doesn't call me to, he doesn't, he doesn't call me to have a, a massive fortune and, and a Bugatti, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't call me to, um, you know, to, to just, to just have sex with women just as, as, you know, for, for casual purposes. So, I, I mean, there's, um, that's the reason that this, this platform and this show exists a little bit, but, uh, uh we got about, uh, about 10 minutes left here. Um, and Matt, I want to ask you really quickly, um, what, what, um, what was kind of the inspiration uh, behind starting your own, uh, your own coaching business and your own platform and, um, and tell, tell us the audience a little bit more, uh, a little bit more about that. So the inspiration for me was, really just a reflection of my own growth you know i i got into this work and the growth space because i was just fundamentally unhappy with who i was as a man you know i i had kids and i quickly realized like who am i to be raising these people who am i to be showing them what a good man looks like when i don't even believe i am a good man in my own right so i got into the work i made lots of mistakes the red pill movement around that time was when I nearly, my, my family was almost getting torn apart. Like it was at that point where things were going to go south really fast. And I had the decision to make to learn the next thing and to to pivot to what am I missing here? What is it that's missing? And then I found that missing piece, which is the balance between the masculine, the feminine, the primal, the divine, the, the outwardly, forceful masculine versus the inner grounded peaceful masculine like getting the balance between them and working through the challenges of a you know a dysfunctional relationship that i had created that i had allowed to get to that point and i took ownership of all of that i took ownership of all the stuff that i'd done all the mistakes i'd made all the things that i'd said that were hurtful all the things that i took away that were even more painful all the things that i missed because i had my head buried in the sand or buried at work and just lent into it and lent into it and just trusted that one way or another, my life was going to be better off for me trying to improve myself in a healthy, balanced way. And just over time, I just started to see those benefits. And I had those hard conversations, you know, those conversations that you have and you feel like you're going to throw up before you even start. And, you know, we went through it and we processed it and I was just, I became really open with my wife about different things and talked and talked and we compromised and we balanced and I set boundaries and all of these things. And all that happened was more growth, was more growth. It brought us infinitely closer together. You know, our our relationship's the best it's ever been. And I looked at that and went, how was I even able to do that? Like, I remember putting a post up in my men's group at one point saying, I feel like I'm just shackled hands and feet and I can't take them off without breaking them. But I worry that breaking by breaking them, I'm going to break my family as well. So my challenge was how do I do both? How do I grow myself and bring forward the man that I deeply knew I was capable of being without losing my family in the process? And once I did that, and I was just talking with men in my men's group in life. And I just kept getting comments about like, how did you do it? Like, what was it that was different? Like, what did you do to achieve that? And in amongst all of that, I helped out a good friend of mine, um, Chad, who's um, I'm actually on his podcast project all the way talking about this exact experience. And I, I sent him a YouTube motivational video one day and I had no idea. I was just like, this just reminds me of Chad. So I'm just going to send it to him. You know, I almost didn't send it because I thought, oh, maybe he'll find it a bit corny or something. So I didn't. This is a couple mm-hmm. of years ago now. But I ended up just sending it. And the reception to that was just unbelievable to me. I had no idea really where he was at at the time and how impactful that one message was going to be for him. And it it gave him the ability to completely pivot in his life. And just, he's a very, very loving and outwardly loving man. He's an amazing human being. And just the the way he was so grateful and thankful and 
and was just able to really clearly explain like, hey, like this one thing at this particular time was able to save all of this for me, was able to really help me pivot and get back on track. And it fucking felt amazing. It really did just to be like, wow, like something that I did impacted this man in this way. And it just got me thinking like, well, how else could I impact other people? How else could I help other men? And more and more, I looked around my local area and in online and everything, I'm seeing men that are in the exact same situation that I was, where they want to grow, but they don't know where to go. They don't know how to do it. They think that the only option is to exist the way they are or to tear their family apart. So that was what got me into it. It's like, I want to help other men do exactly what I did. I want men to be better connected with their families, with their wives, you know, with their lives in general. So I dove in and that's got me where I am. Excellent. Excellent. Well, he is Matt Halson, uh, father of the tribe AU on Instagram, uh, underscores between all of those words. But uh, uh, Matt, before we wrap things up here, uh, where is the uh, best place for uh, for people to find you? Right there on Instagram, brother. All right. Father of the Tribe AU on Instagram. We will have uh, links to his uh, to his social media, and we'll have uh, uh, links to uh, a couple of those uh, works that we uh, we mentioned earlier. But uh, Matt, thank you so much again for uh, for joining me uh, t- uh, today, where you're at this evening, where I'm at, uh, and uh, I really do appreciate it. it was uh, an honor to talk to you, and, and uh, I got a lot of really great uh, wisdom out of, uh, of meeting you today. But uh, Thank you so much again. He is Matt Paulson, father of the tribe AU. I am John Waltz. This is the Discovering Masculinity Podcast, and I will talk to you all next time.